KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is the Rundown, Philadelphia's local news podcast. I'm Jay Scott Smith here with Brian Seltzer and Sabrina Boyd Circa, and it is that time of year again as people are doing more online shopping, getting ready, of course, for Christmas. We're less than two weeks out from Christmas, by the way, which makes it a prime time of year for porch pirates. We've all witnessed it. Those lovely human beings who love to run up on you can already hear Sabrina. These lovely human beings who take the liberty of running up on your porch and grabbing something that does not belong to them. And people haven't been privy to the conversations we have when we're off air here. And Sabrina, if there were ever a point where somebody would get bleeped on this show, it would be Sabrina talking about this subject. It could be today. Jay, it could be today. I don't even know if I can talk about this, but uh, let me tell you how I spent my morning. So I told you last week that I had had three packages stolen from off my porch. I think the grand total is now up to four. I was on the phone and then on text support with the post office because after those three got stolen, I tried to take proactive measures to make sure it didn't happen again. So I had this delivery coming from Amazon going through a third-party partner so I couldn't have it shipped to an Amazon delivery holding place. It's my husband's Christmas gift. So the porch pirates might be ruining Christmas. (laughs) I got the tracking information, said it was going through USPS. So I set up the reroute delivery, have it held at a post office. Then I get a notification that it has been delivered at or near a mailbox with my zip code. So I'm thinking... What does that mean? Does that mean it's been delivered to the post office or to my address? I don't know. Got the answer this morning that it was delivered to my address over the weekend and have not seen it. So they are looking into the issue. I'm going to have to call Amazon again, get a refund, get it reshipped, the whole process. And you can't really see Sabrina here. She gets redder as as she talks about this. This is a very heated thing. I've sat in the studio and heard her talk about the rage that comes with this. And we've I'm all just got so a story. upset because I've done I'm doing everything I can. I really am short of sitting on the porch myself. And see, now they're making me upset because now Sabrina's upset. Now it's like all of us just want to try to posse up and just sit there and just wait for the package to come up. And Brian, I'm not sure if you've experienced anything like this. Unfortunately, I think we all have a porch pirate or lobby pirate story out there, somebody grabbing something of ours. Or you've been on the neighborhood app and you've seen videos from people's home cameras of porch pirates who come along and take stuff from their stoop. I guess if I try to wear my rainbow hue colored glasses and look for the positives, at least on my old block, it was a point of rallying and coming together that we all started looking out for each other and either taking in each other's packages or texting each other when we saw a delivery show up on our stoops. But... Man, this ain't good. It ain't cool. It ain't cool at all. And we're going to talk about that today as joining us for the first time on the rundown will be Antoinette Lee as she has some tips to try to help protect our mail and our packages from getting jacked by these individuals is a word I'm going to use who run up on your property and snatch things that don't belong to them. But first, we get to this rundown of the Monday headlines. We started hearing late last week that something might be in the works with the city in terms of dealing with the continuing pandemic. And now we've got some new COVID regulations coming to the city of Philadelphia as the city made it official this morning. Yes, indeed, Jay. Personally, I think it's great to hear that the city is going to be taking measures to stop the potential spread of COVID, specifically 
Omicron, as I'm sure we're going to start hearing more and more about cases of Omicron pop up in the weeks ahead. And really what this is zeroing in on, places and establishments where eating and drinking consumption of food is permitted. There was a citywide briefing on Monday morning and Dr. Cheryl Bedigal weighed in. This winter looks like it could be very difficult. We have to do something to slow the spread now before it's too late. We know that the most dangerous situation in the pandemic at this point is when someone is unmasked and around people from other households, like when they're eating or drinking indoors. I don't want to close our restaurants or the other types of businesses that serve food. They've been through too much over the last two years, and they're an important part of the life of our city. I want them to stay open and operate safely. Since we can't make people wear masks when they're eating, we need to increase the vaccination rate of people in those situations. So today we're announcing an indoor food establishment vaccine mandate. So what this means is that you will need to be fully vaccinated, meaning two shots of Pfizer or Moderna or one shot of J&J, in order to enter any restaurant or establishment where you are going to eat or drink, take off your mask and have to do that. Now, this is something that's been happening in New York, San Francisco, New Orleans already. I am sure that people will have their opinions, but it seems to make sense and it seems to be working in other places. And you have to understand the scope of this. This is also including such places as the Wells Fargo Center with the 76ers and the Flyers. It deals with Lincoln Financial Field with the Eagles. going to talk about movie theaters that serve food. This is very wide-ranging. And if you've got three, if you've got your booster, do you get to go to the VIP room in some of these places since you've now <laughs> you've, got, you've gone and gotten tripled up like some of us have already done? I mean, I don't see a big issue with this because maybe because I'm just one of those people who just thinks of we had to get vaccinated as kids to go to school. What's the big difference between doing this now other than some of the narrative and the opinions that surround it? I think part of this is looking out for the safety of your fellow person, your neighbor, your friends. But also the other part of this is if the city has to go into a shutdown situation again, it doesn't sound like it's close to that. But then we're talking about businesses and workers who get affected by any type of shutdown that takes place. So there's a couple types of establishments that are going to not fall under this new mandate that the city is going to be imposing in a few weeks. Uh, it will not apply to K-12 and early child care settings, hospitals, places where care is given, that sort of thing. But it will apply for kids ages 5 to 11. They need to have at least one dose by January 3rd and their vaccines completed by February 3rd. I think that's also important to note, guys, too. The timeline for this is that from the announcement of this plan, which is, as we're talking today, Monday, December 13th, it's a five-week period until January 17th when the hard mandate is going to be put into effect. It's going to be soft rolled out on January 3rd, and then there's a two-week phasing-in period for establishments to begin enforcing this. Right. And in that phasing-in period, it's important to note that establishments are allowed to accept either your vaccine card or proof of a negative test within the past 24 hours. Of course, there will be exemptions. So if you're there with a child under five or somebody who can't get vaccinated, even after January 17th, they can get in with proof of a negative test. So, you know, all the usual, usual things. Living with it, you know, figuring out how to best live with it. We've had to learn to live with it, but it's not just the vaccine. The other huge COVID news, as we've heard Brian mentioned, kids K through 12. Speaking of kids K through 12, masks in schools across the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania are now optional starting today. Now, City of Philadelphia made it very clear they're not dropping the mask mandate. Don't even bother asking Dr. William Height. Not going to happen. But in other districts, they're taking it upon themselves to decide what to do. Yeah. So I guess this one is going in the opposite 
direction with removing a mandate. I just hope that we don't get back to those hour long fights at school board meetings where police are called or people are ejected or things like that. You know, let's just let the decision be what the decision is. Everyone do the best that you can individually to keep everybody safe. It would seem to be that you would think in the best interest of, quote unquote, safety of kids, parents would consider that, yeah, kid may need to wear a mask. Case in point here, we have April Coleman, who is a parent at a Philadelphia area school. She's all for kids wearing masks. Parents need to think about the safety of their kids and other kids. Um, You don't know other people's habits when they go home. So you need to keep them safe at all times. We often put the spotlight on all the anti-maskers. There are a lot of parents who are all for putting a mask on their kid to make sure that they don't accidentally bring home COVID or anything else. And Brian, you can speak more to this as a father of children, is that I'm sure you do worry about that, where just kid randomly coming home with an illness and all of a sudden it's spread all over the house. Well, it's a reality that if you're sending your kid into a school environment these days, that you know this is a potential risk that you're taking on, but it's all about mitigating that possible risk and trying to keep everyone as safe as possible. I can only speak to the three and a half year olds who live in this household wearing a mask, knock on wood. It hasn't been an issue for uh, since when we started sending them into a school nine months ago. But the people I really feel for, yes, obviously the kids, that's important. But the staff, let's say who work in some of these school districts, whether you're a teacher or a school nurse in Ben Salem or Penridge or Central Bucks, these are districts that have lifted or loosened their mask requirements. Those are some of the populations that I feel for if they're trying to do their best to stay safe for themselves, for their families at home, and then you're automatically, all of a sudden, you're finding yourself in a situation where you can't control the safety as well because they've lifted mask requirements. Those are the people that I have a lot of empathy for and feel for. I wonder if it comes back on teachers and staff, too, at districts who do choose to keep a mask mandate where... The parents might, there might be a mix of parents who agree or disagree. Because I think one of the benefits of having it state mandated was teachers and staff could say, well, I can't do anything about it. It's a statewide rule. And now there are going to be a lot more fingers pointed directly at the school staff where they're just trying to make a good decision to keep your kids safe. Don't, you know, I don't know. I think we all at this point have come to the, the, determination that it is better for kids to be in school in person. And if what putting on a mask while you're in school isn't that much of a of a bother if you ask me. Some kids get excited about picking out their mask to match their outfit. Just, you know, little things. Some of these kids the little kids just at times just want to go just have fun. But I will add as we're sitting here talking about school districts in the city of Philadelphia starting today, Kids can now officially identify as non-binary. That announcement was made on Friday by Dr. William Height, the superintendent. And now kids are going to be able to list themselves as non-binary. Transgender and gender non-conforming students have the right to select and identify as their preferred name and gender, even when that is different from what is printed on the birth certificate. The district is committed to providing safe and inclusive learning environments that support the emotional and mental health of all of our students. I don't think there's a whole lot more to say other than to congratulate the school district for doing this. I think it's super important to acknowledge kids, the way that they identify, and even if it's not what's on your legal paperwork, it's now going to be on your report cards, on all of your 
online classroom portals. It's one step more towards making the teachers and the rest of the students recognize students the way that who they are. It's not even a choose. It's who they are. Simply put, whatever makes you feel like you, however best that is, you should be able to feel that way. And one other major story from over the weekend, an outbreak of tornadoes. This is December, by the way, but we're seeing an outbreak of tornadoes that occurred in the South and the Midwest with a particular focus being on the state of Kentucky. It's the type of thing you normally would hear about and see in like the months of March or April when you get tornado outbreaks. But this is a rare one that occurred in December. And there are local organizations that are trying to help out those people down in Kentucky and throughout the rest of the Midwest and South to try to at least help recover from this with Christmas just 12 days away. It's absolutely wild. You think about the damage some people in this region experienced from Hurricane Ida a couple months back. Now imagine that times five states This is going to go on record as one of the longest tornadoes in U.S. history in terms of where it touched down and how far it kept going. KYW reporter Nina Barati was reporting on all of this. Kentucky Governor Andy Beshear calling the deadly twisters the state's most devastating tornado event in its history. Even metal buildings, they're gone. When this tornado hit, it didn't take a roof off, which is what we've seen in the past. It it exploded the, the whole house. People, animals... And the rest just just gone. Rescuers continue to go through the ruins of homes and businesses searching for survivors. So the town of Mayfield in Kentucky, where the most amount of devastation occurred, it's smaller than some college campuses. It's about 10,000 people in terms of its size. And at this point, it sounds like there might be roughly five dozen people confirmed at this point who lost their lives. And one of the things that I don't think I would have thought of as much had I not been able to see some of the impact of Hurricane Ida up close, just driving through Fort Washington and Ambler and that part of Montgomery County um, on a pretty regular basis, is that this stuff doesn't get cleaned up quickly. And there are reminders day in, day out, months after the fact. The initial trauma and the fear of having to live through that can be one layer of the story. I can't imagine what it'd be like to have to live with these reminders every day, looking at a very long period of time for the people of that area. The good news is there are ways to help, even from afar here in the Philadelphia area. The Red Cross and the Salvation Army are taking donations. Red Cross, you can just donate by texting. Text Red Cross to the number 90999, donate $10 right away. And Salvation Army has a disaster relief fund. They're aiming to dispatch mobile kitchens so they can go down there, make food for these people who don't have kitchens, don't have homes to make meals. And uh, all of that, of course, is on our website, kywnewsradio.com. I'm going to try and possibly, this might fail, end this on a somewhat more lighthearted note, our headline segment. Jay, can you describe for the people the sweatshirt you're wearing and whether or not we should be concerned in light of recent news? Oh, this thing here. Oh, I'm wearing a gray zip-up Peloton sweatshirt because over the last few months, it's probably giving more information than I probably should here, but in the last few months, I've been on a bit of a fitness weight loss journey of my own. I've I've dropped about 17, 18 pounds, and I largely started riding a Peloton bike that's in my gym in my apartment building, and it's just become a thing. But what could you possibly be referring to that would be an issue with, with, uh, with, with Peloton? It's... Just, I'm just so curious about that. I never watched Sex in the City the first time around when it was on. I did watch the reboot last week with my wife, and lo and behold, 
There are definitely going to be spoilers for anybody who hasn't watched it and is going to just like fast forward a few minutes. Okay, carry on. Great disclaimer there, Sabrina. (laughs) Yeah, Peloton, who knew, would end up being a big factor. And it looked like stock prices went down because of the uh, unfortunate demise of Mr. Big. But I think it's great, the twist that Peloton has tried to put on this since then, which is, you know, in the, uh, if your stock tanks, nothing like that to try and spur marketing innovation and genius. And <laughs> what's so hilarious about this and is that earlier today, Peloton actually tweeted out a video of Chris Knopf, the man who's better known as Mr. Big, with Jess King, the instructor who was on the Peloton screen at the time when he dropped colder than midnight in January. And they did this whole thing where basically they talked to each other. They had this real nice little moment there. And then the the disclaimer guy at the bottom says all the different things that Peloton does for you. And at the very end, he says, by the way, he's still alive. <laughs> and then that was, <laughs> that was it. Where, yeah, it, that moment on a TV, it's a TV show, people. <laughs> it's I, not real. There are so many things about the story that I cannot believe. We'll start with the fact that there's a Sex in the City reboot, that this is still going. Conversation for a different time, but like, wow. I can't believe that they killed off Mr. Big. That is huge. <laughs> and then mostly that people are concerned about this being real. Like, come on. It's crazy. Man. How many things on TV shows do you see that you know are not real and you're going to be concerned? You know what it's like? I don't know if either of you guys ever watched This Is Us or heard about this when it happened. But another spoiler alert, if anyone's back on season like one or two, the dad dies because of an exploding crock pot (laughs) or something like that. And then everybody's out like, oh, I got to get rid of my crock pot. It's a TV show. Not in this show. house. Not in this season. This is <laughs> crockpot season, baby. People, it's it's amazing. <laughs> and I will close it with this. The same people who mocked me for years for watching pro wrestling and saying, oh, that's not real. Don't you know that's not real? <laughs> are a lot of the same ones who were selling off Peloton stock because a man dropped dead on a TV show. It's not real, people. But you know what is real? The Rundown. And coming up here on The Rundown, we're going to talk about Porch Pirates. And for that, we will welcome in Antoinette. That's very real. That's unfortunately real. We will bring in Antoinette Lee coming on here to help talk about the increase in the scourge known as Porch Pirates. I'm Jay Scott Smith, along with a very irritated Sabrina Boyd Circa, along (laughs) with Brian Seltzer. And you are listening to The Rundown. And welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Jay Scott Smith, along with Sabrina Boyd-Circa and Brian Seltzer. And it is indeed the most wonderful time of the year for thieves and everybody else who's looking to benefit from those deliveries that are going to your house. Porch Pirates, which is probably the nicest thing I can call them on this podcast, (laughs) love to come out into December like rats popping out from behind rocks. And one of us has taken a personal hit from them. Well, I think we all have, but most recently... Sabrina, you've been on the wrong end of these lovely individuals as you've had, from what I understand, three packages taken. At least. Jay, I have been fighting these porch pirates. It is an ongoing thing in my neighborhood. We're always kind of aware that we, especially in this new world where we can work from home, my husband and I try to be one of us at home when we are getting a delivery because we know this is a possibility. But over last weekend, I think it was like, Three deliveries within four days got stolen 
off of our porch. And half the time, we are home. But the delivery people don't ring the doorbell, so we don't know that we need to go out and get them. And within an hour, less than an hour, they're gone. They just drop them. One time, someone actually opened up a box and rummaged through it took all the stuff that was inside of the box and left the empty cardboard box. And left box. the box. So they must be premeditated, going around with a bag or something to stuff. And this was a box of, like, toilet paper and, like, home uh, toiletries, you know, stuff like that. So I don't, I don't know who, if we're back in the world where we need toilet paper so badly that we're stealing it off of people's porches, but... It has been a whole thing. Now, we talked about this like off air this week, and I'd always wondered if Sabrina was going to be the first one to get bleeped on this show talking about this. <laughs> I've and, and she's not the only one. It happens with maddening regularity. It's happened to me numerous times, numerous times at my old my old apartment. We've seen the videos of it on social media. It's become a thing in different parts of the country. Some of them so bold to pull up in your driveway in their car and run up on your porch and grab your things. Well, we have some people who are trying to stop that from happening and now making her debut, her long-awaited debut on The Rundown. We're joined by KYW News Radios and just my good friend, Antoinette Lee, finally able to join us on here. Antoinette, thank you so much for being able to join us here, even though I wish we weren't talking about dirtbag thieves running up and snatching things off people's porches. I wish it were a better topic, but I'm glad to be here today. (laughs) So... Does this time of year just, does it seem worse from what you've been covering? You've been working to kind of keep an eye on this. Does it just seem worse this year that people are just extra bold out here running up on people's property and just snatching deliveries? Because this just seems like, I mean, it's always been there, but they used to try to be sneaky about it. Now they just run right up and grab it as if as if it's just the thing to do. Well, first of all, what I've learned from my research is that more people are ordering online this year. Like people aren't really going into the store. If you've been into the stores lately, there's not much in the stores. So we're doing a lot more online shopping, which means a lot more packages and, of course, a lot more opportunities for these uh, porch pirates. Um, So uh, we haven't really uh, tracked a a trend, so to speak, for the holidays yet. Um, But of course, around this time of year is when a lot more complaints generally um, are voiced because everybody's waiting on those those Christmas Hanukkah presents um, to be delivered to their homes, right? It's Christmas gifts, Hanukkah gifts, people who have birthdays in the month of December, all this different stuff. You may just be ordering something to order something. Antoinette, have you been on the wrong end of one of these porch pirates who just feels the need to run up and just grab something? My neighborhood has been hit really hard by these porch pirates, but I'm lucky enough to work from home a lot of days. When I'm not home, my partner is home. Someone's basically always here. So we haven't really had anything stolen yet. We've been lucky. (laughs) So lucky. But unfortunate for my neighbors who are getting hit pretty hard. <laughs> Is there like something in particular or do these people because it's sometimes it's, it's almost humorous. Like Sabrina was mentioning, it's just basically toiletries. But these guys are just running up and grabbing packages. They don't know what's in them. They're just saying, hey, free package and runs up and just grabs it as Is it a thing where maybe people know what's going on or are they really just kind of it's a wild card? They just run up and just just grab it and hope for hope they get some buried treasure on your porch, basically. 
Exactly. So this is more so a crime of opportunity, which means if something is easily visible, it's more at risk because it's an easy crime. It's You can just walk by and take it, hopefully not be seen by anyone. So that's what is really putting more packages at risk, right? Because people feel like, oh, you know, if I take this, no one's going to notice. Let me just take this and keep on walking, you know? <laughs> so they don't really, oftentimes they don't even know what they're getting, right? Just hoping for a jackpot. <laughs> I was actually going to ask, and I think I know the answer to this, but if like certain types of houses are an easier target, because so this summer I moved one block away, one block down the street. So where I used to live a block away was a little bit, the door was kind of like up a short walkway. It kind of looked like a side entrance, but it was our entrance because we were up a stairway on the third floor. So you could they could kind of tuck a package behind a wall a little bit. But where we live now, we have a beautiful porch. I love it. But deliveries always get left right in front of our front door on the porch, almost on display. It's it's that like and you would think that delivery people would know by now that like just hide it. We have a little table like hide it somewhere. But I imagine that there is a you said it's a crime of opportunity. It's like if you don't have a side door or if you have a very visible porch, that's going to make you more vulnerable to it. Exactly. It's all about that visibility. Uh, from what I can tell, homes where the doorstep is like closer to the street or easily accessible uh, for pedestrians walking by, they're going to be more at risk. Right. So if you think about it, if you have a package like sitting on your doorstep and a person can just easily walk by and grab it and keep walking, then you'll probably be more at risk for theft. Uh, for instance, my street, um, there has been, a, like I said, there's been a trend of these thefts. Um, it's a small street and all of the homes are really close together and there are no front porches. Um, so therefore, there's really no barriers, no disguise for the packages. But if you were to have a driveway or large porch, that could be less enticing for a porch pirate because they could get caught or someone could notice them like snooping around on your porch. Now, I have seen videos online, particularly back in a city I grew up in where dudes just pull right up in the driveway like they know you. That's just, bold. Just pull right up. Now, unfortunately, that has also led to moments where they are greeted by the homeowner who's not exactly happy. I mean, I think of the iconic photo of Malcolm X holding a rifle next to a window. I don't think we need to go the route of Brother Malcolm trying to keep you from jacking packages, but what else can we do to keep these people from running up short of grabbing a firearm and having to threaten their life? What else can be done to make sure you don't have to go to those links just to get a package of whatever it is that you ordered. Well, first of all, I hope we're not out here shooting over packages. If it's that serious, I think you might need to uh, get it. <laughs> go pick it up from the store. You know, they're doing drive pickup, curbside pickups now. You know, those are really easy. They became really popular during COVID. So uh, let's let's not hurt each other over these packages. <laughs> but, um, so depending on what type of home you're in, you might be able to get the package delivered to a side door or you can either like create some sort of like barrier with planners for uh, you know, the delivery person to, to put it behind. Um, now, when you're ordering something, you might want to leave these specific instructions for the delivery people. Um, you might even want to put up a sign that says this, you know, don't leave the packages unattended. Or maybe you get your packages delivered to work or to a friend who's working from home. Private mailboxes are also very much a thing these days. You could easily rent one from the Postal Service. I think FedEx has one as well. Uh, and these are just a, a couple of options. There are a lot of options out there. 
Um, it's unfortunate that we are in these circumstances now where we have to like really think about what are our capacities to get these packages now, but this is a big thing. So you wanna make sure that you're getting what you ordered um, and make sure that you take some proactive steps to protect your packages. Yeah, I would say put up a sign because uh, I'm sure it depends on the delivery service, but a lot of the times they don't follow your delivery instructions. So maybe a sign, maybe I'm starting to send things to a Amazon drop-off location now and or hold things at FedEx. Um, and Antoinette, I know that you also talked to the local U.S. Postal Inspector George Clark, who said that visibility is a key factor, emphasize kind of what we've been saying have an item delivered to a back door or side door, that might not be a bad idea to instruct the delivery personnel to, rather than drop something on the front porch, to drop it somewhere where it's less visible. If someone's walking down the street or driving down the street and they don't see a parcel, they're not gonna bother. So what happens, what should be done if someone decides they're gonna steal your package? What can be done, either in terms of A, getting it back, or getting some sort of either a second one sent or some sort of restitution for it, what else can happen here? Well, first of all, what you wanna do when something like this happens is contact the business first. You do wanna make sure that the package was actually delivered. I don't know if y'all saw that story uh, from FedEx a couple of, uh, I think it was in the news a couple of weeks ago, but the FedEx driver just dropped off thousands of packages in this like barren land. It's in Alabama. He didn't want to deliver them. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's in Alabama. So the packages were never actually delivered. Wow. So we got to worry about that now too. <laughs> exactly. So you want to contact the business first to make sure that this package was actually um, delivered, follow that tracking number, make sure that you have your, your ducks in a row before you go, you know, saying someone stole my package. <laughs> um, and then once you, you know that for sure it's been stolen, at that point, you either contact the police or contact the delivery service to file a complaint. And I would do both because um, the only way that the trends can be tracked, the only way that we can know that there's an issue for your area is if there's a record. Um, and so if a lot of people are complaining, then, OK, it's easy to identify a, a trend there and know that, OK, someone's been hitting up this neighborhood. Do you know, did you hear about any particular trends, any neighborhoods that get hit harder than others in Philly? So, no, um, it's it's kind of hard to track these trends because um, it, there's a lot of complaints. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and every entity, whether it's FedEx, DHL or uh, Amazon, every entity is going to hold their own investigations. Um, and there are, as you can imagine, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of these complaints. And according to George Clark, who's the U.S. Postal Inspector for our area, um, he says it's as easy as it is for someone to just take these packages, it's really hard to investigate it. Sure. So if someone takes your package and you file a complaint, don't expect to hear anything tomorrow or the next day or maybe even the next month. You know, um, it's a very lengthy process, which is why you want to try to prevent these things in the first place. I will ask this question because Sabrina mentioned some of the things that she's gotten ripped from her. I had a jacket that my mother sent to me that she'd bought for me. This was about a year ago. This is before I moved to my current place that they walked right up in the lobby and took it while I was at work. Antoinette, what is something that a porch pirate got from you? Cause we all have something that we should have gotten that one of these, one of these clowns runs up and grabs. What, what did someone get you for? 
Uh, let me think. Um, so I will say that I sent my grandma uh, like a fire stick a, a few weeks ago. Someone took the fire stick out of the package and left the package in the mailbox. They like, do that. <laughs> so why? Why? Um, and it was fine. You know, we we filed a complaint. It, Amazon is really good about re- refilling these orders. Like if something like that happens, but it's just like these things are easy to come by. It's like, you know, it's not anything special. It's just a fire stick. I, I just want my grandma to watch movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you stopping grandma from getting to watch movies? And, that, and, and then, by the way, that's an extra level of petty that they'll go into the box, take what's in there, right. put the box back like you put an empty carton of orange juice back in the refrigerator. Like, no one's going to notice that 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 you jacked me for my for whatever it was, whether it's for a my fire stick. for my fire. You got me for my fire stick. You got me for 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 my Roku, whatever. I think the weirdest thing was a Blue Apron deliver meal delivery where like say, you have works. like raw food in there and they just like take the bag out and run. And I'm like, I hope this was at least someone who really needed it. You know, if I just gave a free meal to someone who didn't have any place to get one, then fine. But like, what? What are you You doing? know what's inside the box. It says Blue Apron on it. I, I guess one final thing before we even, before we head out of here is just, what would be a suggestion that you have uh, just as someone who's experienced it? What's something that you may do to kind of help stop somebody from getting sticky fingered and wanting to run off with whatever package shows up at your place? I would just say, know your limits. You know, if you know you live somewhere where your package is not going to make it to you, have a good friend. Send it to the friend's house where you know your package is going to be safe. Um, I, I think it's just important to like understand your capacity to be able to receive these packages beforehand. You know, um, don't set the 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 porch pirates up for success. You know, set them up for failure. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go, I know you want to give a quick shout out to your mailman, Internet, who put you on to the story in the first place. Tell, can you just tell me briefly about it seems like you have a really good, like friendly relationship with him. First of all, my mailman, Danny Smith, is the man. He is my number one biggest fan. Let me tell you, first of all, how I even figured out that he knew who I was. One day he was like, you're Antoinette Lee. And I said, how do you know that? And he's like, it's my job to know who lives on the street. And I'm like, you know, you got a point there. He's like, yeah, I hear you on the radio all the time. And now every time he sees me, he says, I heard your story today. I heard your Aww. story today. And I always say, I hope it was a good story. Because, you know, sometimes it's, we're dealing with some rough stuff. True. <laughs> but, yeah, shout out to Danny, who he was the one who told me that, uh, you know, there's a guy walking down our street in a black hoodie just picking up packages and walking away and so he was like you know maybe you should do a story on that and i was like so he's seen it did he like see this guy walking around first of all mailmen have the tea clearly get close with your mailman they have Mm. the tea on the street so someone showed him video uh from a from a doorbell uh camera and so he's been able to see the video of them walking down the street multiple times stealing packages it's just amazing, but it do, it doesn't hurt to have someone like a good mailman out there who is, out for who's you. paying attention and seeing what's happening out there because she's right. Very few people know the streets better than than the guy who's dropping off mail every single day. They know day. the streets. They they know what's happening out there. They know they know what's going on, and it's 
it, no, it's it's great to have that great relationship. Shout out to all the the, the postal workers, mail carriers, the, the couriers working for all the delivery services, the security guards at the desks and the other buildings that are also keeping an eye on packages like the mm-hmm. ones that are coming into my building. That I know I've, I complain about the Amazon and like FedEx delivery people. I definitely trust my regular mailman. More than more than those, because you never know which Amazon driver you're going to get. But your mailman exactly. is your mailman. Exactly, they're not knocking on the door and running and leaving the pack. <laughs> <laughs> so, Antoinette, I want to thank you for finally getting in here on on the rundown with us. What else are you working on? Because your voice is more than just on stories here on KWW News Radio. Uh, of course, I always have to plug my Philly Rising segment. It's a positive news segment where I highlight local people in the community who are making a difference. This airs every Friday and Sunday, and I'm always looking for story ideas for this segment. If you have a story idea for Philly Rising, something, I don't care how small it seems, please tweet me. You can hit me up at A.R. Lee on air. Again, that's A-R-L-E-E on air. That's Antoinette Lee. You hear her voice often here on KW News Radio, along with Philly Rising, the numerous stories she covers. You've heard her on Flashpoint on KW News Radio as well. Antoinette, finally, thankfully, we've gotten you on here, and hopefully this will not be the last time we have you here on, on the rundown with us. I hope not, Jay. It's been good to be here. And thank you so much, Antoinette, for joining us here on The Rundown, which is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcast. The show is produced by Sabrina Boyd Circa and Brian Seltzer. The director of podcasting for KYW News Radio is Tom Rickard. Me, I'm just Jay Scott Smith. And you can follow me at Jay Scott Smith. That's real Jay Scott Smith on Instagram and Facebook. You can hear me every afternoon on KYW News Radio, starting at 3 o'clock for Philadelphia's Afternoon News. Friday afternoons, by the way, you can hear Antoinette's Philly Rising during the 3.30 half hour, by the way. That's on 103.9 FM, 1060 AM, and right here on the Odyssey app, where you can also hear The Rundown. You can follow The Rundown on Twitter at The Rundown PHL. Again, The Rundown PHL. Listen for free on the Odyssey app or just about wherever you get your podcasts. So for Sabrina Boyd-Circa, Antoinette Lee, and Brian Seltzer, I'm Jay Scott Smith thanking you for checking out this edition of The Rundown.